Hello and welcome to the Pompey Politics Podcast. Blue and yellow till we die. I'm Simon Sansbury. And I'm Ian Tiny Morris. You've not heard of us before, or you've at least not heard of the podcast before, um, but you may have heard of us before. Yeah, I think it would be fair to say that on the local politics boards, one of us is perhaps more infamous than the other, but both are very active in our nature. Hmm. Indeed. (laughs) So, without further ado, um, if you've seen us around on the Portsmouth Politics and Portsmouth Progressive Politics um, Facebook pages, or indeed in any other... Um, forums, discussion mediums, etc, etc, Twitter, yada yada. I don't think either of us does... I don't do Instagram, do you? Do you uh, do no, no, not for no, me. No, Instagram's not for, No. So anyway, so if you've seen us around, this is us. We thought we'd do a podcast to talk about politics because what you might have gathered from seeing us interact on those spaces is that sometimes we disagree. Yes, in terms of our fair city famous for its blue and yellow crest, it would be fair to say that I sit firmly in the blue. And and I, yes, and I sit firmly in the yellow corner. It's I not really a corner though, because it's like in the middle. Yeah, no, no, there is no, there are no corners. We we perhaps should have a Labour representative joining us. Um, we haven't, so for balance on the dogmatic nature, my guide dog Millsy will be giving any input today from the Labour perspective. But we're mostly going to focus on the blue and the yellow. Excellent. And if you hear any kind of growl, odd growling noises in the background, that's because Ian's assistant's dog, Millsy, is obviously here with Ian, and um, my cats, Midnight and Twilight, um, are not necessarily happy about that. Which is a wonderful metaphor for the current political situation, where both the cats and the dogs are occupying the same space, not entirely happy with anything, but uh, so far there's been... No biting or gouging or anything untoward. So let's hope that continues for the rest of the podcast. And indeed, and in this local election, and indeed in a national stage, national stage, let's hope that although there might be much growling and hissing, that there isn't any biting or scratching. Indeed. Indeed. Okay. So some more detailed introductions. Ian, you want to go first? Yeah. So I am Ian Tiny Morris. From a political perspective, I started my life as a committed member of the Labour Party. As I became slightly older and did slightly better at work, I realised that, in fact, uh, the path of taxation and punishing taxation of people that work hard didn't work for me, so I abandoned the Labour Party, bypassed the Lib Dems on the way, and now I'm a committed Conservative who believes that wealth generation is the only way to develop a better society for all. Okay, and I'm Simon Sansbury, and I am a Liberal Democrat. Um, And, in fact, as we'll come to discuss later... Um, I'm standing in the Cosham Ward local elections this year, um, where we'll explain the vagrancies of actually the um, the local elections and that there's a by-election um, going on. So there's actually two two seats up for grabs in Cosham. But yes, I've been actually a party member since 2014. Um, but as I've got more and more involved, I went to the conference last year in in Brighton. Uh, and the more I got to learn about my fellow Lib Demers and the party itself, the more I validated my feeling that these are my people and this this is where I belong. And I'm strongly of a position that um, I'm open to debate and change and data rather than approaching anything from a particularly dogmatic 
um, analysis or a particularly ideological view other than I believe that people shouldn't be restricted by the need to conform and should have all the opportunities open to them. Beautiful and I think it would be fair to say that um, I was not allowed to stand uh, in the by-election in any way. I'm not a member of the local Conservative Party but my wife would have fundamentally killed me. As my wife is indeed Simon's sister there is a political tension within our household that we have to be respectful of at all times. Indeed, yes. So we're, we're not from an, an extended family that all um, seem from the same um, end of the political spectrum. Um, and we're also, um, I don't know if, if any listeners might have heard of this, this thing called Brexit that's going on. We're also not of the same kind of ilk, no. but we're, we're steering clear of the B word this week. So this one is a 2019 local election special where we're going to look at the seats that are up for grabs and who at the end of it all might control our fair cities council mm. we'll put some like snazzy music in later on right to kind of you know like a something like that so simon we're coming into the 2019 elections on the 2nd of may and may obviously is a dirty word for most people in politics at the moment but we'll gloss over that so the current council led by the lid dems how do the scores on the doors look at the moment so yes so at the moment um of the council the liberal democrats have 17 seats they're in a draw pot pickers with the conservatives who also have 17 seats um but labor have five and there are three independents um that at one time or other weren't independents but are now yes so how can the lib dems be in in control of the council surely the labor government the labor councillors didn't just dogmatically vote against somebody wearing a blue rosette or would it be fair to say that they felt that of the two agendas they were perhaps more aligned with the lib dems i can't speak for what they were thinking <laughs> um but we're not going to object to them having uh, having basically voted to support um the lib dem administration returning after four years of the Conservative administration. So it does make it um, an interesting um, election from the point of view of the numbers are tight. Um, oh. And depending on whether you want a Lib Dem administration to continue. Yes! No, no we don't. Um, <laughs> funnily enough, we disagree on that point. Um, might guide how you want to vote in this May's election. It is pretty tight. And Indeed. How, how many seats are up for grabs this time round? Because I've struggled a bit to get my head around the way the council works. Okay, so overall there are 42 seats in the council. So normally um, you'd have 14 seats basically up for grabs every, um, every year for three years. And then um, there's a year off, isn't there? Yes, so there's a year off. So, before put, so in, in um, city councils where... Um, they're not a unitary authority um, where they're actually taking part of the council. So, for example, when we were part of Hampshire County Council in the fourth year, that would have been when we'd have had our Hampshire County Council elections. So because we're not, we have a year off. Yay. Um, so you might get a then a respite from all the leaflets um, and things. So every year for three years, 14 seats up for grabs. But this year, this year it's a special situation because we have 15 seats up for grabs because there's a by-election because um, one of the councillors that was in, was independent but had been elected as Conservative, which was Jim Fleming in Cosham, um, has stood down. Um, so there is effectively a by-election. So people in Cosham get to vote um, to select two councillors, one of which 
will actually serve the full four-year term and the other one will serve the remainder one year of Jim's term. Which is the one that you're shooting for? Uh, well, yes. So it all depends on actually how the votes come out. Yes, yes, yes. So we shall, we shall, we shall, we shall see. Indeed. I, I and of the, course, yeah. I, I would wish you the best of luck, but you know absolutely that I wouldn't mean it. So, <laughs> fifteen seats up for grabs. Yes. And who stands to win, and who stand, who's got the most skin in the game on this uh, on this particular round? So you've done some analysis on your trusty spreadsheet. Love a spreadsheet. Yes. We love a good spreadsheet. We're, we're both fans of, of a bit of Excel, which um, you've looked at. Um, so this was a point that we were we were debating, actually. So you've done some analysis actually looking at last year's um, votes to use them as an indication of, of how you'd expect them to play out this year. So how things might change if everybody just voted the same as they did last time around. Mm -hmm. Yeah. So um, so that's that's an interesting thing. So on your... So of the 15 seats up for grabs, five of them are Lib Dems, eight of them are currently held by Conservatives, one of them is held by the Labour Party, and one of them, which is the one we mentioned just now, um, is held by an Independent. An Independent who was elected as Conservative. So in real terms, it's probably really lost in numbers. So it looks like the Conservatives have got the most to lose. The Labour obviously have the most to gain with just the one seat up for grabs. And the Lib Dems sitting nicely in the middle with uh, with with only five seats up. Yes. So again, when we looked at it, we sat down and said, well, if people were just, you know, dogmatic and 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 that the wards were all absolute, which they're clearly not. We'll come on to that in a bit more detail later. I think it, what we found was that if everybody just votes the same time as they did, or the same way they did in twenty eighteen, then really very little will change. Um, I think when we did the sums, the the Conservatives and the I think the Conservatives lose two, the Lib Dems lose one. Um, you know, we end up pretty much exactly where we are today, with everything about level and Labour holding the balance of power. Which, of course, we're hoping they'll have a miraculous change of heart and flock towards the blue side and vote in a new Conservative administration. But I think there's probably more chance of me learning to fly than that happening. Yeah, I think so. I think that's, um, yeah, that's like trying to find rocking horse poo. I don't think that's going to happen in a million years. Now, the other factor that might come into play that's worth us kicking about is that 2018 was the, uh, was, and we're going to have to touch on the B word very briefly. Ooh. I know, I'm sorry, but 2018 was the death of UKIP in the council and that had a quite a significant bearing. So last time out, um, in terms of what changed, so UKIP had seven councillors, some had gone independent and crossed the divide, but effectively they had been elected as UKIP. And as almost everyone knows now, UKIP took a fearful beating last year and lost all seven of their councillors. Um, now, interestingly, the, the side it seemed to benefit best was Labour. I think I picked up four of those. There was a bit of changing hands, but... That was effectively, uh, I think, the UKIP councillors, most of whom had probably supported the Conservatives. With that tip over to Labour, it then gave Labour very much the casting vote. Yes. Yeah, so I think, um, yeah, the um, the Conservative administration that, that ended last year was, was I think, pretty much brought about with the, with the support of the... It would be the, fair. Yeah. It would be fair to say that UKIP was our DUP, as it were. Yeah, so but basically, um, it's really interesting when you and when you look at some of the some of the seats in the city, 
Um, some of them changed hands with really, really kind of small numbers of votes, um, or some of them actually have very quite, you know, quite small majorities. So it's, so it's, local elections, in some respects, actually is a, is something that people interestingly kind of take one of two kind of ways to look at it is that. Most of the stuff that affects you from a day-to-day -day basis as to whether you can, you know, whether you can park your car, whether your bins get collected, you know, whether the streets are lit properly, all those sorts of things are all local local stuff. Most of the national stuff doesn't probably on a day-to-day -day basis. So on some some level, really, probably actually local politics is is probably something people keep closer to the heart and don't necessarily vote the same way locally that they do nationally. Yep. Um, and some of the stuff that we looked at was so your your primary analysis was was done actually looking at 2018 yeah. um, and I what I pulled out um, this afternoon was was some numbers looking at how the wards that you felt were in particular contention how they actually voted when the current incumbents were voted in back in 2015 so um, one of the big questions before we dive into the detail 2019 mm. Is UKIP going to phoenix from the flames? They were the first party locally to declare a candidate in every ward. Could they phoenix from the flames? See, I think, as much as we're trying to avoid it, I think the national mm. picture will influence... Um, I think there's there's going to be some influence there from a national perspective on, onto the... and that will be played out in local politics. Um, so, yeah, I... I they, yes, they have indeed fielded candidates. Well, they've fielded 14 candidates. Um, so, um, yeah, it, yeah. They're, 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 their fortunes seem to have run alongside the Brexit story, haven't they? They kind of seem to disappear after after the referendum because it kind of seemed to, I think maybe the impression was job done. Um, but with the current situation, which we won't go into in detail because one of us will start swearing and yeah. um, and to be fair, it will probably change by tomorrow anyway. So, exactly, um, restraining orders. And yes, kind of and with, with Parliament in recess anyway, to be fair, there's there's nothing really happening in that respect. It's it's still confused, it's still a mess. So yeah, so I I, I think they that it will be interesting to see what happens to people, um, people that went to UKIP before as to whether, and you know, you could presume that actually um, it, it would be the kind of the, the writer end of the Conservative vote that, that flips to UKIP, but I don't think that's always the case. I think no, they're, they're I, th on. I think with the you know with the losses last time of the seven seats that they lost, you know, I think Conservatives picked up two of them, but four were picked up by Labour and one was picked mm. up by Lib Dem. So I think this, uh, and I think we saw that played out nationally, which is the the belief that the UKIP voter is the is the right hand edge of the. Conservative vote. I think there is an there will always be an element of that in the UKIP backing, but I think they 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 draw some of their some of their support from a much wider perspective. So um, when we get into the ward by ward analysis, I've got I've got one hot pick that I, I I'm I think I'm gonna uh, I think I'm gonna send it purple. So controversial, we, controversial indeed. So you better not be caution. It, it, no, no. To be fair, it it, it isn't caution. So. What we're going to do is take a quick break and then when we come back we're going to be looking at each of the wards that are up for grabs and then we'll be giving our hot pick. We may not agree as to uh, as to which way we think the voting will go and then post that heady May the second night we'll get back together and, uh, and see who was right.
So we won't go through every single ward because to be honest, um, it will take us so long it might actually be time to vote and we don't want to stop you doing that. The first ward that we're going to look at is Baffins. Current holder, Liberal Democrat? Yes, so the current incumbent um, is Lynn Stagg, who in 2015 was elected with 30% of the vote. Um, and the other parties, so uh, the Conservatives had 28% of the vote, Labour had 15% of the vote, UKIP had 22% of the vote, the Greens had 5% of the vote, and we had a, um, someone standing for the Trade Union and Socialists Against Cuts, and they received 1% of the vote. So at this point, our UKIP listeners are now looking to those heady days of 2015 with a broad smile on their face. But what happened last year in the ward? It was a UKIP candidate mm. who unfortunately did not go so well for them as 2015, did it? No. So in, in 2018, um, we had a, a Lib Dem return with 37%. Um, the Conservatives had 34%. Labour had 21%. The UKIP. So ba basically, Labour and Conservatives both went up by, uh, by about 6%. The Lib Dems went up by, so we went up by 7%. But the UKIP, UKIP? The UKIP vote even went from went from the heady days of 22% to 4%. So this is not the ward where I'm going to tip a UKIP revival. Um, and again, as we've kicked this about, what we found is that it's fascinating that you know the the UKIP vote has gone. We 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 can't believe that uh, that that 7% went straight from UKIP to the Lib Dems as they are not necessarily highly politically aligned. No, I, I, I don't think we we would make obvious political bedfellows because you know we have. I mean, th there might well be people that that have have kind of you know changed changed their views that much, but yeah, we we have completely opposing views on on the B word. Yep. Um, and so many other things, we are completely opposite ends of the spectrum of, but yeah. So it was a 3% margin last time for the Lib Dems. I think the other two councillors in the ward are Lib Dems, so whilst it's one of the marginals, I know what you're going to say. Can you see any other result than a Lib Dem? Uh, no, I I, I, I feel that the, the, the Baffins is, is, is going to return a, another Lib Dem councillor. And whilst it grieves me to say so, I believe the same. So Baffins... Yeah. stays yellow yes yes strong competent live dem yeah I'm trying desperately not to make it actually partly political um, so yes so the the other kind of minor, minor footnote there would be that the um, the green vote in 2015 there was um, was five percent and that um, that dropped to three percent in 2018 so yeah we think there was a some interplay of the UKIP vote Possibly went between the Tories and the and Labour, and then basically some of that, some of their vote went um, went Lib Dem wise. So the next ward we're going to look at is Charles Dickens, which is um, you know, a fascinating ward. I think it's probably important at this point to say that um, in the last election, it had the lowest turnout of any of the wards in Portsmouth, and did just nineteen point seven percent. And last election, it returned an independent under somewhat controversial circumstances in that the uh, the candidate was a Labour candidate but resigned from the Labour Party just days before the election um, and which meant the ballot papers couldn't be changed so while some voters in Charles Dickens may have thought they were returning a Labour councillor they returned a an independent so 
How did it look in 2015, Simon? So in in 2015, with a um, with a with a different um, with a different turnout, it being a general election year, usually actually the council um, the the council elections have a higher um, turnout percentage actually if they occur in the same year as a general election. So so that's a kind of interesting point. Uh, as a, as of speaking, this isn't a general election year. No, no, and let's hope it's not, eh? <laughs> Um, but you know that that could all change. So in 2015, the the turnout was um, just um, well was just shy of 46 percent um, versus um, just shy of you know well, under under 20 percent in in 2018. So 2015, we had a um, we had a Labour um, return with 26 percent of the vote, um, with the Lib Dems hot on the heels with 25 percent of the vote, um, and actually only 12 votes between them. Um, and then the third place in 2018 was UKIP with 22% of the vote um, and the Conservatives with 18%. So there's a, yeah, there's a there's a bit of a, a bunching there around, around with the UKIP, but of course, obviously in 2018, there wasn't a UKIP candidate fielded. No, and so Labour claimed that from UKIP. I'm going to put, this, this is my hot pick. This is the one that I think is going purple. I think, whilst naturally... My instinct is that it'll, it would be a Labour um, councillor that would walk home there. Interesting dynamic in this ward within Labour. Obviously, the sitting councillor was deselected um, and is now standing in a different ward. So there, there, there's a there's a new kid on the block. Will that have a bearing on the Labour vote? I'm I if I was if I was a UKIP man, and I strongly suggest that I'm not. That this would be the ward I'd be going after. And I'm going to put my ten pence piece on the table and say Charles Dickens goes purple. Hmm. That's um. I'm going to disagree. If you're just going to say I think the Lib Dems are going to win it, then I am going to have to hit you with some kind of fish. <laughs> well, the only fish I've got in the flat is tinned mackerel, so I really hope you don't yeah. hit me with that, because um, that's going to hurt. But um, yeah, do you know what? I th- I think it's a tight one between uh, between the Lib Dems and between Labour. Um, this time around and, and I think that we will I think that the Dems will take the ward he said that it's, if you listen closely to the tone of his voice that, that is a particle political statement he clearly believes that Labour will win it but can't bring himself to say it so we'll um, we'll have to agree to disagree on that one and um, and so I, I'm saying you Kit Simon is pretending to say Lib Dems but I think we're going to twist his arm and make him say Labour on that one and uh, we'll we'll see who's right on the night. If the Lib Dems go and bloody win it now, I am not going to be a happy bunny. Oh, well, no. <laughs> <laughs> okay, right. Next up in our pot pickers pick of Pompey politics wards is Fratton, mm. right in the heart of the city. So last time, two thousand and eighteen, um, the Labour Party won with thirty seven percent of the vote. Just seventy two votes. Yeah. And hot on the hills, only those 72 votes away was the Lib Dems with 35%. But far back in the distance, we've got the, the Tories at 18%. All right. <laughs> um, and um, too far away to spy without a spying glass was UKIP at 5% and the Greens at 4%. Now, interestingly, UKIP held the seat up until last year. Yes. So they yes. So that was one of the one of the wards that sadly fell to fell to UKIP um, previously. But in 2015, so again, we've got the difference of play of the um, local versus, you know, what happens in a GE year. But nonetheless, the interesting image there was that Dave Ashmore, who's standing again in front, um, well-loved local candidate, 
one at 26%. I'm giving Simon a look at this point just so yeah, they're aware. I've, I've raised an eyebrow. I thought it was there's, essential. There, there's an eyebrow raising, um, and I, I didn't know whether the intentional was to knock the microphone, but we're, you know, we're, we're not quite flipping the table yet. So yeah, so Dave won uh, run for the Lib Dems at 26% in 2015, um, and second place with 21% was UKIP. Mm. Now, so here's my first. Here's my prediction for this one. Mm-hmm. Your lovely Dave Ashmore Mm -hmm. is going to be returned because I think whilst I don't see a UKIP Phoenix from the Flames into second, I think they will take votes. I think Mm -hmm. their vote share will increase and I think they'll cannibalise the Labour and the Conservative vote enough that will give a bit of clear blue water for Dave to get home or clear yellow water. (laughs) I don't think yellow water, you don't want to be drinking. No, no. no, So we're not going to go there but um, I think on this one, uh, this is where I see a bit of UKIPiness cannibalising the vote and dreadfully it'll be another, it'll be a Lib Dem. It's it's not another Lib Dem, it's the same Lib Dem getting across the line. Very hard-working, much respected. Much Dave. respected. Lovely Dave Ashmore. Well yes. done. So, yeah, so, yeah, because as you were saying, I, I, I think the same too. I think um, with, if you look at 2015, the Tories and Labour both had 20% and there was five votes between them. Yep. So, yeah, I think I, I think we'll see that pl- kind of play out. But that's the interesting thing about the, about the, the locals this time is how much the national events are playing onto the local stage. Okay, so that's Fran. What's next? So our next marginal ward, second to last one, is St Jude, which I have to say is probably the most fascinating ward when you look at the landscape of Portsmouth politics generally. So the current incumbent is a Conservative, but it is not the same person standing again, so there's a new candidate there. Then last year, Labour took the seat off of Conservative, off of the Conservatives by a very narrow margin of just 105 votes with the Lib Dems back in third place. So I think the, the Conservatives, uh, the Labour were there with 37, just ahead of 36 with the Lib Dems back with 25%. And our old chums from UKIP did not field a vote. When we look back at the 2015, interesting one there, that this is a ward where the Greens um, did surprisingly well in 2015 and, and polled 14% of the vote. But again, that fell away last time. So if we're looking at St Jude, as I say, it's, uh, I think it, it, it has all three colours of, uh, three main colours of, of um, councillor. The question is, where will this one go next time? So come on then, Simon, you've, you've, you've cast your runes. What, what, what are you saying? <laughs> So speaking to the, you know, because looking at what happened last year versus what happened in 2015 and as much as that can tell you about anything, we've got UKIP fielding a candidate this year. So I think that will have an impact on the Tory and the and the Labour vote. And also all of the, the three major parties are not fielding the, the same candidate that they, they did in 2015. So I, I, I honestly feel that with the impact of UKIP stealing away some of the blue and the red, there'll still be a tight bunching between the between the top three. But actually the, the blue and the reds, I, I, I honestly think that the Lib Dems have got this one to go for. You've been drinking. <laughs> You've been drinking. So you're going for in a ward where you're 12% off the pace. You think you're going to Phoenix from the flames and sneak through on the inside. Well, when if you if you're just looking at percentage terms versus versus last year, we've got a different field of candidates. We've got UKIP doing whatever that whatever it is that UKIP will be doing, and they will have an impact on the blue and red corner. So I, I think that the the Lib Dem vote will hold strong, um, if not increase, and that would and the Lib and the Labour and the Tory vote would would edge below. There's an old saying that says, "In the land of the blind, the one-eyed man is king." I am indeed blind, 
and I've never heard such one-eyed nonsense from you, old lad. That is, <laughs> that is, you know, that is a Pavlovian response. Who do you think will win? I'm going to have to lend you my guide dog. So now I'm going to force you now, because whilst you, I, I accept your fanciful party line of you've got to pick one now. So it's not going to be the Lib Dems. If it is, I'm going to eat my own hair. So you've got a, a Labour going to hang on to it, or are the Conservatives going to take it back? So you're forcing me to choose between yes, the blue and the red absolutely. team? absolutely. It's the blue and the red team. In this one, the yellow team, I'm sorry, no. Okay, so um, if, you're, if you're excluding my, my first answer... My, I, am my... I am absolutely excluding on, you, offensible nonsense. You're asking me to vote again because you didn't like how I answered the first Stop time. it. <laughs> um, Let's call this a people's vote and then you can get behind it. Oh, um, okay. So it's a confirmatory council You vote. can't just shout the word remain. Okay. Labour or Conservative, those are the only two options on the ballot paper. You can't stick the pencil up your nose. Um, <clears throat> if you're forcing me to twist my arm, and metaphorically there are, there are no Simons hurt in the making of this podcast, Podcast. Um, if you if you're telling me to choose between the blue and the red team, the reds. Oh, I knew he'd say that. I knew he'd say it. I don't think he believes it. No, I think the conservatives. No, my my preferred answer is that the Lib Dems. Yes, of course, but that's not an answer. <laughs> so I, I, I'm gonna I'm gonna nail my colours firmly to the mast on this one. I think the conservatives are gonna sneak this one. Well, they're gonna hold on to this one and uh, defeat the evil Reds in St Jude. So, which leads us now on to our final board. She's a marginal. She's the exciting local person versus party politics of East and Crane's water. Mm. It's kind of meant to be like a spooky ooh, yep. but it didn't really kind of work. No, no, okay. You can fix that in post. So, last but not least. Eastney and Crane's water. Now, yeah. this is a fascinating seat in that back in 2015, the Conservatives won the seat with Jenny Brent taking 40% of the vote, mm -hmm. a fair chunk clear um, of her nearest rival. But during her term of office, Jenny crossed the floor, um, leaving the Conservative Party and then becoming a Lib Dem. So this one, I think, is going to be that classic case of do you vote for the person or do you vote for the party? Because I think it would be fair to say in Eastney and Crane's Water, if we look at last year's vote. Um, the Conservatives actually increased their size of their majority. They got 44% last time out, with Labour in second place. So obviously Jenny Sanding as a Lib Dem. Um, going to be very interesting to see how that one pans out. Yeah, um, I think you're right about the, the interesting interplay between the choice between party or person and local politics can be a little, people can be a little bit more, seem to be a little bit more open about considering person versus, versus party. I think Probably people are a bit more tribal on a national level. Yeah, I think it's fair. Um, on a local level, though, um, if you um, if you've got a good relationship with your local councillor um, or your local candidate, then then sometimes that can, that can push past actually any pre you know preconceived natural tendency towards a particular party. So I think the person can beat the party. I think it is fair to say in some wards of our fair city, though, uh, we use what I call the tin of beans principle, <laughs> which is that. If the right party was to stick a rosette on a tin of beans, um, it would probably get elected. I think probably when we looked at it, um, Drayton was our most one-eyed ward. I mean, it's got the answer right, but I think their winning margin last time for the Conservatives was a nearly 44% margin. So, and to be fair, historically, Eastney and Craneswater has been one of our bluer wards. So whilst Jenny may have done an excellent job for her constituents over the last four years... On this one, I think this one's going blue. I, I think I think Jenny's done a lot to to speak to voters in that ward about her reasons for crossing and her reasons for joining us. 
and I think she's she's been able to communicate that there's a you know there's a reason for actually working as a working as an effective team with with a with an administration and the di- and the di- in the the differing ways. Although I must admit, of course, I'm biased you that are. the Lib Dems um, work compared to actually how the how the Tories seem to um, seem to run their administrations in um, yes um, <clears throat> in a less collegiate sort of way. Shall we hint, um, or shall I hint? I think you should hint. I'm yeah, not yeah. Um, Ian's, Ian's not going to not going to hint, and certainly isn't going to agree. As much as it pains me to say, though, I th- I think that the, I think that in this instance, I will be surprised if I will be surprised and, and deli- overjoyed and, and delighted, delighted. I'm sure. Um, if Jenny's able to retain the seat, but I, I don't think the numbers are looking her way. So we've been through all the marginals. We've you've heard our analysis. Um, most of it hideously biased. So we're now uh, the polls are now going to close. We're uh, we're going to go and look and do our own. We've obviously looked at all the uh, different wards, and we're just going to come back with a final conclusion as to how we both think the council will look after all wards have returned. Yes, and in the in the real world, outside of our analysis, if you've still got your postal vote ballot, of course you're actually at the point where you're making your decision now. But for those who who turn up on the day, um, registrations are closed for um, for being able to vote. So hopefully if you wanted to make sure you had a voice in this, this local election, then you've made sure that you are registered so that you, you can, you're not giving up your voice. But yes, the clock is ticking. It's counting down all the way to that May the 2nd. And let's do our sums. Yes, let's do our sums. You can hear the clickety-clack. We'll be back in a second. So the votes are in, and uh, the shape of the new council, based on our spreadsheet, and let's face it, generally one-eyed leanings on both sides of the fence, it is how it is. And so, Simon, the shape of your new council, the Lib Dems have? 21 seats. They've increased, they've now got an overall majority. Conservatives? So the Conservatives, in my reckoning, end up with 14 seats. Oh, it's been a bad night for the Conservatives under Simon's voting system, whoever could have predicted that. The Labour Party? Are you suggesting some unconscious bias? On possibly, part? possibly. I don't want, it's not even unconscious, is no, it, really? No, not really. Um, so, yeah, the, um, the Labour's walk away with five. And the Indies? Um, so the Independents, two. Super. Well, the positive news is that on two of those numbers, Simon and I actually agree. We think that Labour will get five seats. Um, we think the independents will stay at two. Those are the two standing councillors. And here's where we differ. So I have the uh, UKIP, as I said, my hot pick, UKIP for Charles Dickens. That's a book that was never written. Have the one. Now, I actually have the Conservatives on 18 and the Lib Dems on 14. So it's been a good night for the Conservatives under my scoring system and not a great night for for the Lib Dems, but not a tragedy by any stretch of the imagination. In fact, I think under the the variations, there's a couple of seats variants to the current council. The interesting thing is that even with my beautiful one-eyed analysis, would this mean a change of regime for Portsmouth? And the answer which Simon will be gleeful about, and for me will probably make me sad, is even if I'm right, the answer will be no. As the Conservatives, with my mythical 18 seats, we will presume that UKIP would tend to side with them, takes us to 19. And the magical number is 22. And in both of our, the area we both agree on is that there will be five Labour candidates, five Labour councillors and two independents. I think it would be fair to say that the independents, Mr Ferret from Paulsgrove, former leader of the Labour group in Portsmouth, 
and Mrs UD from Charles Dickens, former Labour member, are unlikely to cross the floor and stand alongside us. But even in this wacky spreadsheet-driven world that we live in, even if they did, that would take our numbers only to 21, which leaves our, I use the word friends in inverted commas, in Labour to decide who are the kingmaker. And uh, how do you see that one going, Simon? Yeah, I, I, I think we'll end up in a situation where we effectively have a rerun of what happened last year, which is that the Labour Party um, councillors are left deciding who they hate the least. Yeah. Um, and by voting to support whoever they hate the least um, in order to form a monetary administration, continue the council. So I don't foresee... Um, I think there'd be some sort of Labour Party membership explosion if Labour actually voted to support the Conservatives regaining control of the administration. Although there are some policy areas they consistently keep voting with the, yeah, with the Conservatives on, um, which is a bit strange. Um, hate Tories, but vote to agree with Tories. But you know that's their shtick. That if that you know that's up to them. So yeah, I I think that will leave us. However you play those numbers out, um, it will leave us basically in a roughly the same situation we're in now. Proper sorry frown. One I'm not thing, sorry. One thing we can both agree on is that it is very clear from having spent time in spreadsheets and everything else that almost every ward, apart from the tin of beans wards, you know, the result is only... The result comes, in some cases, by less than 100 votes. Yep. And the turnouts have been embarrassingly poor last year. Mm. So whatever your political persuasion... The important thing is get out and cast your vote because more than anything at a local level, it really does matter. Hmm. Unless you're going to vote for Simon and then go and make hey. a tea. Sorry, sorry, I had to do that. Hey. So I don't think I can count on Ian's vote. I, I, I get that that, I, I that get, feeling. I, I guarantee that will not happen. Unless, okay. unless I ask you to uh, to assist me in the polling booth and you tell me where to put, put the cross there next to that one. Then I think I reckon there's probably rules against that sort of thing. So I'm, I'm not going to do that. But um, Ian's right. At the end of the day, it's your voice. The only way you can guarantee that it's actually recorded at all is to actually um, exercise your right to vote. But yeah, it would be interesting to see how how our number crunching plays out as to what happens in the real world. But does what's playing out on the national field, does that lead to more apathy, voter apathy, so a lower turnout, because people are so sick and tired, actually, of the bun fighting? Or does it actually lead to, whether that's driven by anger or frustration, does that lead actually an increase in turnout? We'll find out for early morning of May the 3rd and we'll be back with all of our analysis and possibly gloating on either side of the fence. We'll have to wait and see on that one. So you've been listening to the Pompey Politics Podcast. Blue and yellow till we die. I've been Ian Tiny Morris. And I've been Simon Sansbury. The cats and the dogs are... Yeah, yeah, peace reigns. Peace.